I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading the second half of the book of Lamentations. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. For background information on Lamentations, you may want to listen to the podcast of two days ago, being the 12th of November, for the first half. It's the Lamentation as... Uh, Jeremiah oversees the destruction of Jerusalem at the hand of the Babylonians. We begin today's reading with the second half of chapter 3, verses 37 to 66. Verse 37, Who is he who speaks and it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that woe and well-being proceed? Why should a living man complain, a man for the punishment of his sins? Let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. We have transgressed and rebelled. You have not pardoned. You have covered yourself with anger and pursued us. You have slain and not pitied. You have covered yourself with a cloud that prayer should not pass through. You have made us an offscouring and refuse in the midst of the peoples. All our enemies have opened their mouths against us. Fear and a snare have come upon us, desolation and destruction. My eyes overflow with rivers of water for the destruction of the daughter of my people. My eyes flow and do not cease without interruption till the Lord from heaven looks down and sees. My eyes bring suffering to my soul because of all the daughters of my city. My enemies without cause hunted me down like a bird. They silenced my life in the pit and threw stones at me. The waters flowed over my head. I said, I am cut off. I called on your name, O Lord, from the lowest pit. You have heard my voice. Do not hide your ear from my sighing, from my cry for help. You drew near on the day I called on you and said, Do not fear. O Lord, you have pleaded the case for my soul. You have redeemed my life. O Lord, you have seen how I am wrong. Judge my case. You have seen all their vengeance, all their schemes against me. You have heard their reproach, O Lord, all their schemes against me. The lips of my enemies and their whispering against me all the day. Look at their sitting down and their rising up. I am their taunting song. Repay them, O Lord, according to the work of their hands. Give them a veiled heart. Your curse be upon them. In your anger pursue and destroy them from under the heavens of the Lord. Well, you'll recall that this chapter has 66 verses and that every three verses begins with the word beginning with the next successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Jeremiah talks about his personal suffering on behalf of fallen Jerusalem here in this passage. Now, the first 36 verses, as I mentioned, were covered on November the 12th. You may want to read those as well if you haven't already. As Jeremiah continues his laments, he makes a personal suggestion in verses 40 and 41, and here it is. He says, Let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and our hands to God in heaven. It's still the answer for the people of Jerusalem right now. Still is. While Jeremiah is writing this lamentation, and here it is. Repent, Jerusalem. Jeremiah has had a tough life. 
When he proclaimed the prophecies God had given him, his own people made his life miserable. They put him into a dungeon and even tried to kill him. Could it be that Jeremiah is asking for vindication in these verses before those very leaders of Jerusalem, the ones who had made his life so miserable prior to the fall? Well, it would appear so. Now, there's a meaningful lesson for us in verses 42 through 45. Let's read those again. Jeremiah says, We have transgressed and rebelled. You have not pardoned. You have covered yourself with anger and pursued us. You have slain and not pitied. You have covered yourself with a cloud that prayer should not pass through. You have made us an offscouring and refuse in the midst of the peoples. Notice in verse 42 there that he says, You have not pardoned because they had transgressed and rebelled. In the state of rebellion, God was an enemy to these people. That's in verse 43. And their prayers were not answered. In verse 44, we see that. I'm reminded of Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9. It says, One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. In other words, the first step to answered prayers, well, that first step is to have a heart that's right before God. But wait, there's more. Here we see vengeance. Note particularly what Jeremiah writes in verses 64 to 66. He says, Repay them, O Lord, according to the work of their hands. Give them a veiled heart. Your curse be upon them. In your anger, pursue and destroy them from under the heavens of the Lord. Now, lest you misunderstand Jeremiah, let's look at some similar requests out of the book of Jeremiah itself. In Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 20, here's what he says. But, O Lord of hosts, you who judge righteously, testing the mind and the heart, let me see your vengeance on them, for to you I have revealed my cause. Wow. Then Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 3, he says, But you, O Lord, know me. You have seen me, and you have tested my heart toward you. Pull them out like sheep for the slaughter, and prepare them for the day of slaughter. In Jeremiah fifteen fifteen, O Lord, you know. Remember me and visit me and take vengeance for me on my persecutors. In your enduring patience, do not take me away. Know that for your sake I have suffered rebuke. Then in Jeremiah seventeen eighteen he said, Let them be ashamed who persecute me, but do not let me be put to shame. Let them be dismayed, but do not let me be dismayed. Bring on them the day of doom and destroy them with double destruction. Then in chapter 18, verse 21 of Jeremiah, he says, Therefore, deliver up their children to the famine and pour out their blood by the force of the sword. Let their wives become widows and bereaved of their children. Let their men be put to death, their young men be slain by the sword in battle. Then in verse 22 of that same chapter, he continues, Let a cry be heard from their houses when you bring a troop suddenly upon them. For they have dug a pit to take me and hidden snares for my feet. Then in Jeremiah 18:23, the very next verse, he says, Yet, Lord, you know all their counsel which is against me to slay me. Provide no atonement for their iniquity, nor blot out their sin from your sight, but let them be overthrown before you. Deal thus with them in the time of your anger. Wow, you don't hear a lot of preaching out of those verses, do you? Well, keep this in mind. Jeremiah was calling upon God to do the vindicating and to ration out the appropriate measure of vengeance. After all, Jeremiah endured years of abuse from the leadership of Judah. Why? Simply because he stood for God. 
Incidentally, Jeremiah refers in verse 53 to the time in Jeremiah 38 when he was cast into the dungeon, also known as a cistern. We see Jeremiah pleading his case against his enemies in verses 58 through 66. Ironically, his enemies were the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem who rejected his message. Not only did they reject, they persecuted him for his prophecies. They do get their just due, though. We see that when we get over to Jeremiah chapter 52. Then we have some tough, tough conditions in Jerusalem, and that's in Lamentations chapter 4. Verse 1. How the gold has become dim, how changed the fine gold. The stones of the sanctuary are scattered at the head of every street. The precious sons of Zion, valuable as fine gold, how they are regarded as clay pots, the work of the hands of the potter. Even the jackals present their breasts to nurse their young. But the daughter of my people is cruel like ostriches in the wilderness. The tongue of the infant clings to the roof of its mouth for thirst. The young children ask for bread, but no one breaks it for them. Those who ate delicacies are desolate in the streets. Those who were brought up in scarlet embrace ash heaps. The punishment of the iniquity of the daughter of my people is greater than the punishment of the sin of Sodom, which was overthrown in a moment with no hand to help her. Her Nazarites were brighter than snow and whiter than milk. They were more ruddy in body than rubies, like sapphire in their appearance. Now their appearance is blacker than soot. They go unrecognized in the street. Their skin clings to their bones. It has become as dry as wood. Those slain by the sword are better off than those who die of hunger, for these pine away, stricken for lack of the fruits of the field. The hands of the compassionate women have cooked their own children. They became food for them in the destruction of the daughter of my people. The Lord has fulfilled his fury. He has poured out his fierce anger. He kindled a fire in Zion and has devoured its foundations. The kings of the earth and all the inhabitants of the world would not have believed that the adversary and the enemy could enter the gates of Jerusalem. Because of the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests who shed in her midst the blood of the just, they wandered blind in the streets. They have defiled themselves with blood so that no one would touch their garments. They cried out to them, Go away, unclean, go away, go away, do not touch us. When they fled and wandered, those among the nations said, They shall no longer dwell here. The face of the Lord scattered them. He no longer regards them. The people do not respect the priests, nor show favor to the elders. Still our eyes failed us, watching vainly for our help. In our watching we watched for a nation that could not save us. They tracked our steps so that we could not walk in our streets. Our end was near. Our days were over for our end had come. Our pursuers were swifter than the eagles of the heavens. They pursued us on the mountains and lay in wait for us in the wilderness. The breath of our nostrils, the anointed of the Lord, was caught in their pits, of whom we said, Under his shadow we shall live among the nations. Rejoice and be glad, O daughter of Edom, you who dwell in the land of Uz. The cup shall also pass over to you, and you shall become drunk and make yourself naked." The punishment of your iniquity is accomplished, O daughter of Zion. He will no longer send you into captivity. He will punish your iniquity, O daughter of Edom. He will uncover your sins. Well, this chapter goes back to the acrostic style that we saw in chapters 1 and 2. There are 22 verses here. Each verse is arranged alphabetically with all the verses beginning with the word having as its first letter, 
the successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet, 22 letters, 22 verses. It's poetry, but sad poetry. These verses show us how tough it was in Jerusalem at the time of the fall. Nebuchadnezzar's army simply surrounded the city of Jerusalem, and over a period of 18 months they ran out of food, according to Jeremiah 52, verses 4 through 6. Add to that a drought, and we see unbearable conditions in Jerusalem. Notice what it says in verse 4, "...the tongue of the infant clings to the roof of its mouth for thirst." The young children ask for bread, but no one breaks it for them. Imprisoned there in Jerusalem without food, the babies were starving for nourishment. And then the unthinkable in verse 10. That verse says, The hands of the compassionate women have cooked their own children. They became food for them in the destruction of the daughter of my people. That's right. Cannibalism right there in Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, everyone suffered the same discomfort prior to their fall due to this starvation tactic used by the Babylonians. Even the leadership suffered. Verses 7 and 8 indicate that the appearance of the leaders of Jerusalem, there in the Hebrew, that's Nazir, meaning consecrated ones, translated in the New King James Version and the King James Version as Nazarites, that even they were visibly malnourished and poorly groomed. And why did all of this befall Jerusalem? Well, it's because they rejected God. They were given into the hands of the Babylonians. That's made clear in verse 11 when it says, The Lord has fulfilled his fury. He has poured out his fierce anger. He kindled a fire in Zion, and it has devoured its foundations. The Babylonians were only used as a tool of God to chastise the rebellion of Judah. Then in Lamentations chapter 5, we see the conditions after the fall of Jerusalem. Verse 1. Remember, O Lord, what has come upon us. Look and behold our approach. Our inheritance has been turned over to aliens and our houses to foreigners. We have become orphans and waifs. Our mothers are like widows. We pay for the water we drink, and our wood comes at a price. They pursue at our heels. We labor and have no rest. We have given our hand to the Egyptians and the Assyrians to be satisfied with bread. Our fathers sinned and are no more, but we bear their iniquities." Servants rule over us. There is none to deliver us from their hand. We get our bread at the risk of our lives because of the sword in the wilderness. Our skin is hot as an oven because of the fever of famine. They ravished the women in Zion, the maidens in the cities of Judah. Princes were hung up by their hands, and elders were not respected. Young men ground at the millstones. Boys staggered under loads of wood. The elders have ceased gathering at the gate." and the young men from their music. The joy of our heart has ceased. Our dance has turned into mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. Because of this, our heart is faint. Because of these things, our eyes grow dim. Because of Mount Zion, which is desolate, with foxes walking about on it. You, O Lord, remain forever. Your throne from generation to generation. Why do you forget us forever and forsake us for so long a time. Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and are very angry with us. Well, no more acrostic style in this chapter. It's all freeform writing in chapter 5. Jeremiah talks about the dire conditions of Babylonian captivity in Jerusalem. Now, don't dwell here with visual images. It's heartbreaking to read this chapter, if chapter 4 wasn't already heartbreaking enough. 
It's simple, forthright reading, but it's a very sad chapter, and that's why the book, the whole book, is called Lamentations. It's one big, long lament by Jeremiah. Jeremiah concludes in verses 19 to 22 by pleading before God, We did get what we deserve, but won't you restore us to the way it was back in the good old days anyway? Hey, when leadership is bad, everyone suffers, women, children, everyone. Notice the last verse of Lamentations, verse 22, chapter 5. It says, Unless you have utterly rejected us and are very angry with us. Well, there's no question in Jeremiah's mind. God had brought about Jerusalem's destruction because these Jews had rejected God. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker. 